What's up? Taz here. Welcome to the Taz Show. A non-dry edition. Hope everybody's good. Hope you had a great um, past this past wrestling weekend. A lot of wrestling went on in the Tri-State area of the United States in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Which is why it's called Tri-State. It's three fucking states. Okay? So there you have it. Hope everybody had a blast. If you came from out of town, whatever, hope you didn't get mugged, beat up, robbed. Or, uh, you know, hijacked in any way, shape, or form Hopefully there was no physical confrontation for you And it wasn't, you know, a problem If you're from out of the country, out of the state um, Because it could happen uh, Anyway, especially running around Brooklyn And, you know, wherever uh, wherever you run around Manhattan And Jersey and all this other shit I'm Taz, welcome to the show Thanks for downloading this episode On, uh, you know, on Radio.com The app or the website Maybe you're doing that on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify all these freaking spots you can get this show Okay Google uh, Google gimmick uh, Whatever that's called The Google gimmick name is Fern and Burnham You can get it over there too Apparently that's what I'm hearing I don't know uh, Anyways I got a lot to cover in this show here But first and foremost I want to say thank you uh, Thank you Yes Thank you to everybody out there uh, Who checked out the post show The uh, special I did after Wrestlemania on uh, CBS Sports Radio and all the big radio stations and Sirius XM Channel 206. Uh, thanks for checking out the show, maybe on radio.com, or maybe you download the podcast, because I heard there was a uh, there was definitely a lot of uh, downloads. I heard there was more than like 10, <laughs> something, <laughs> something like that. Uh, anyways, no, but no, seriously, all kidding aside, I appreciate it very much. Um, you know what I mean? Um, uh, yeah, it went really well. Um, like behind the scenes, um, it, it was uh, it's always fun to do them. Um, it really is. Uh, the thing is, like, it's a it's a situation where it's it's a big build up for me, um, because I'm sitting around there, uh, you know, watching the show, uh, prepping. And I, you know, like I, I want once the show starts, WrestleMania, I want to get after it, and I can't, I can't get on mic until like hours later. But whatever, that's kind of, I guess, weird for a lot of people. Like, what is he talking about? Yeah, trust me, I know what I'm fucking talking about. That's all that matters. Um, the thing is, which was really cool too, though, I gotta tell you, I, I love the fact that they ran late. I knew they were gonna. I, I shit, I don't remember. I think they went to like twelve fifteen a.m. or twelve thirty a.m. Whatever it was, it was like a little bit after midnight. Whatever the hell, I was live on the air at eleven p.m. Eastern. So, and uh, um, the phone bank was lit up, jacked up as soon as we went live, and the, the phone bank was lit up. I think we have seven lines on that deal, and and it was lit for three hours, guys. So thank you for all the love and stuff like that, and to be an outlet for you guys and for you guys to talk about the event. Um, so you know. Uh, so I just wanted to say to put you guys over for that. So, you know, uh, that's the deal on that, and it was fun. And uh, and also I went to um, a lot of people. I guess you saw reports out there that you might have heard that your boy was backstage at NXT Takeover on Friday night at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. So, 
you know, I um, it it was interesting the way that all happened. I could just tell you without getting into details. I didn't just show up. That's not my style. I did want to say hello to some people um, that I haven't seen in a very long time. Um, some on-camera people and some production people that I'm, I'm friends with I just haven't seen in a long time And I did, you know, grow up not far, far from Barclays Before Barclays was even there uh, I went to wrestling school right near there I, And I grew up about seven, eight miles from there So, I, I you know, it, it's home, right? So, and, you know, I, 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 I got an invite um, I don't want to get into details Because I don't like to share my business I, I don't think it's right to share other people's business too but from the WWE, um, uh, and it was it was it, it was to come to the show, hang out, say hello. It wasn't like an invite. Hey, come! We want to do this on camera. What you want? It wasn't like that. Nothing like that. It wasn't nothing like that. It was just it was it was it was it was weird, kind of. But it was it was cool. I mean, it was cool. And, and being there, it I gotta say, it felt it felt cool to be there. Like, but it didn't feel like it didn't. F- How do I word this? You know, it didn't feel I felt like I've moved on. Like if that makes sense. Like it felt weird to be there, but yet good to be there. But I felt like, wow, I'm here backstage, but do I belong here? You know what I mean? Like it was strange. I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I, but it it was it was cool to see a lot of people and, and to meet a lot of newer wrestlers at NXT. I haven't met a lot of them. And I, I sit in the studio here and I talk about a lot of them. And the cool thing is a lot of them listen to the Taz show, which is awesome. And they were very complimentary. And I met a bulk of the folks you saw that wrestled on TakeOver at the actual event. And uh, awesome kid. I'm calling them kids. They're just younger than me. So I, they're not kids. They're young men and young women. But awesome people, really. Uh, just so professional and um, so locked in, so talented. I mean, geez, that show was tremendous, you know, and I didn't watch it from the audience. I was in the gorilla position a good amount, in a go position. So I could hear the pops left and right, and I could, you know, I was watching on a monitor, um, and, um, you know, backstage, and it was like the show was tremendous, you know, so tremendous show, and it's just talent is just tremendous. And uh, War Raiders, dude, you know, to, to Kick that thing off and to get that reaction they got And the match they had with Alistair Black And uh, Ricochet uh, four, Those four guys are great Black and, and Alistair Black and Rick, Ricochet Just tremendous War Raiders, big fans of those guys uh, You know all Everybody on the card, it was just great It was great um, I will share with you um, I did have a very uh, uh, Interesting and a fun conversation With Champa He was, you know, he had the neck He had his neck, uh, you know, in the brace and all so we talked for quite a while because he hadn't known that I had injured my neck. And we were just, and he was obviously wasn't working, like wrestling. You can't wrestle yet. But as we were talking for a long time, and, and I, 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 you know, we got to know each other a little bit. So we're just a solid guy, man, really good guy. And pulling from, and I forgot, once I was like on, on the way out of there, I'm like, ah, oh, dang it. I should have brought up the heartbeat gimmick, the music. I forgot all about that with Champa. <laughs> I should have said, yo, bro, what's up? He's taking my music. <laughs> but but I, I didn't even think about it. But you was just, you know, a former wrestler talking to a current wrestler who both can relate to neck injuries. So, you know, <laughs> so that's what the conversation was. It was. You guys would think it's boring, but he's a nice guy. A lot of those people were real nice. Had a nice long talk with Alistair Black. Just a great guy. Um, I talked to the World Raiders for a while. Ricochet, all of them, all of them. I mean, it's just, they, they were all just great. Um it, really, it was just—it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and, and you know, I, I, um, 
uh, Michael Cole and I got to talk for a while, a little bit. Well, I got there like kind of right before the show went live, so everybody was busy. I kind of got there about maybe 25 minutes before they went live-ish, somewhere around there. So that's kind of like all systems go type thing. So I just heading over there, uh, we, we hit a lot of traffic. So I, it just took a while. So it was raining and shit. So it was, and the traffic getting in the building was crazy. So, and I had to go to this backstage entrance and it was just, uh, it was, it was craziness. So, but anyway, um, you know, so thank you to them for that. Uh, I don't, I gotta be frank. I don't know when I don't, I don't know how to word this, but I don't know when I'd ever go back to another WWE show. Um, Maybe not for like years Because you know <laughs> I mean uh, you know uh, Yeah I don't See myself really you know Just yeah It's not going to happen <laughs> I don't have the time I don't have the desire I, They don't need me I don't need them And you know best of luck to them That's great I mean whatever I don't know what to say Like I you know but you know I had Mike Johnson teasing me um that I signed an NXT deal because I took uh, a photo and uh, got to meet, um, you know, Pete Dunn, Trent Seven, great guys. Oh God, those those kids are just phenomenal. Just talking with those guys, and uh, so we were like, the, t- we took our uh, a Red Hook British Invasion uh, photo, so it was pretty fun. Um, you know what I mean? But yeah, no, good dudes, man. So uh, yeah, it was it was it was fun. But I, I felt like I didn't stay for the whole show. I kind of got out of there right before the main event. And I didn't want to get in the way, and I just kind of want to get out of there, and it gets really crazy before main events. So, and and I wanted to beat the traffic, and I just wanted to get out of there, and I'm like, ah, right, let me just bail out of here, and that was it. So, but it was it was fun. Um, I got to see a lot of guys from my generation there too that I haven't seen in a long time, like Billy Kidman. Talked with Kidman for a while, and Michael P.S. Hayes. And he's from the older generation, but I know P.S. for a long time. Uh, Big Matt Bloom. So Big Matt talked for him for talk with him for a while. Um, who else? I mean, there was a bunch of different guys. I mean, a bunch of you know some of the, the newer rep, these refs. I don't know a lot of them. They're younger guys, newer guys. They all introduced themselves. They were all cool. It was a, it was just a good time. You know, I just felt like I'd bring it up here on the podcast a little bit. So, um, so that was cool. Um, and then speaking of, you know, I was I was hoping to run into Road Dog, but I didn't realize he's not at the NXT Takeover gimmick. But because uh, I, I always get along good uh, with with, uh, with Road Dog and. Um, you know, he's just a great guy. And then, as you guys know, the news is out that he kind of stepping down as lead writer of SmackDown, but yet sounds like he's staying in WWE, you know, and he's going to, um, you know, stay in, uh, stay in the company, I guess, and do some other role or whatever that may be. They'll find a spot for him. He's a talented guy. Why wouldn't you find a spot for him? He brings a lot to the table. So, um, yeah, I was surprised when I heard that, you know, but it, it sounds like he had some. He kind of was getting frustrated with where he'd have an idea, a creative idea, and they'd go with the idea. And then once it was time for showtime, maybe the idea was trumped by the owner of the company, by Vince. So I guess uh, over time, you know, that probably got to him a little bit. That That's some of the reports that I've heard. Um, so I can understand that. You know, that's a tough thing. You know, that's a tough thing. But, you know, it's it's Vince's company. So he's He's got the right to do that anytime he wants. He's been doing that for years, so can't throw a flag on that. That's his deal. No, that's what he can do. Um, so the other thing that I was going to say. Oh, this is what I want to talk about. So there was this. The you see, I don't know if you guys noticed. There's been this story out there about Michael Cole and about his temper. Um, you know, which 
I, I find like really interesting, you know, because for those that don't realize, Michael Cole, the voice of Raw, he is more or less, I would, you know, he's in charge. He's uh, of the announced talent. Like he's the senior announcer. And he, I don't know his exact title, to be honest with you. I've never asked him. I don't know it. But um, so the thing is, like, it, it's, um, it kind of get out there that he's got like this bad temper and it's t- he's tough to deal with um, for some of these younger announcers. So what this stemmed from was uh, Pat, Pat McAfee, who, you know, used to be in the NFL, play for the Colts. Um, and he, as you guys know, he works for WWE now. He used to work for Barstools, I believe. And uh, he also has been on the, the show I, I host with uh, Mark Lucis, the Taz of the Moose, the radio show. We do a sports radio show on CBS Sports Radio. So uh, Pat was on the show with Moose and I uh, a couple weeks back. And then I had never met Pat. And then I actually met him at NXT TakeOver. He was there. So um, we're like, hey, what's up? Yeah, blah, 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 and all stuff and talking and shit. And, and really, that was it. But anyway, so if you didn't hear, I'll just tell you real quick. Even though I don't usually do news out here. I'm not a news guy, but wrestling news dirt guy that's not my gimmick but um <clears throat> so what happens is pat uh apparently you know he got he, he i guess he put it in his podcast he told the story he explained that he got into uh michael cole got upset with him apparently because of what at wrestlemania he was wearing um he was wearing like a tuxedo, I think like a white tuxedo jacket with like shorts. And if you remember, LeBron James had some kind of a gimmick like that. I don't remember where he showed up to with it, LeBron, but LeBron had something like that on a couple of years ago, I think it was. Or maybe last year it was actually. I don't know where the hell it was, drawing a blank. But I, mean, I know we talked about it on the radio, and I just can't remember. Regardless, so Pat had that kind of look going. And when I saw him on, you know, WrestleMania with that, I, I think I saw him on the pre-show. I saw him wherever I saw him. I was a little surprised. I was like, wow. I'm surprised WWE was okay with that, but you know Pat, kind of his character, and he's outlandish, funny guy, and you know he's he's just he's kind of like free spirit type cat, and <clears throat> so I guess you know I figure out oh, well WWE you know whatever I guess it's whatever they're letting him do what he wants to do and 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 be himself and blah blah blah. So well apparently that's that's kind of what not happened. It was Michael Cole apparently approached him and said you know uh, Pat. Uh, the shorts ain't gonna work and pat again i'm paraphrasing i'm not quoting anyone here pat was saying that he got uh basically he almost quit because he got yelled at by cole in front of people and he didn't like being embarrassed or you know being yelled at in general and all this jazz and uh, no one likes being yelled at of course right but you know and he was uh he so he almost quit he was gonna he was basically you know pissed off and I, I just want to say a couple of things here. So, and then apparently they, they brought Vince McMahon back there. And this is like right before Showtime, which is amazing to me. Like this shit's going on uh, before WrestleMania. And, and it's uh, no disrespect to Pat, but he's not a lead announcer. And even if you are a lead announcer, you're not the focus of WrestleMania. <laughs> even if you're Michael Cole, if you're Jim Ross, if you're Mike Tanay, if you're Joey Styles, whoever the lead guy is, you are. It's, the show's not about you. Hey, Pat, I love you, buddy. No disrespect to you, but it's not about you either. So, you know, but anyway, it, it, for Vince McMahon to take a few minutes to look into this was crazy to me. I heard that and and, and read that. And um, so anyways, he, I guess Vince then, I guess it cooled off and Vince was okay with it. And I, the rumor is they, they showed uh, they showed Vince a picture of LeBron James doing the same gimmick. And Vince like, yeah, no, whatever, you know, that type of thing. 
the whole thing was odd to me as a former WWE announcer, and I was there as an announcer for years, and as a former pro wrestler and a former champion, you know, when you are a color commentator there, an announcer, I don't want to say you have special treatment than the other announcers, but you all looked at and treated a little different because you have your bump cards full or your bump card is close to being full. Uh, in the case of the guys that I worked with as a color commentators, in no particular order from Jerry Lawler to me to um, JBL, you know, we kind of all had pretty hefty bump cards, you know. So, uh, you know, and then Booker T came in a little, a little bit after, if I remember correctly, but around that same time, and another guy with a full bump card. So, and if you don't know what I mean by a bump card, I mean, you know, you, you worked a long time as a wrestler and you paid your fucking dues. So that's what that means. So, um, and that has nothing to do with Major League Baseball or the NFL or the NHL or the NBA or any mainstream sport that you come from. You come into WWE, it's you still got to pay some dues. I mean, you know, and and, and I, I was surprised that just seeing Pat with the shorts on and the white tux jacket and the black shirt and everything, I was surprised because it is known throughout WWE in the announcer world, no matter if you're a backstage inter- interviewer a uh, color commentator, a play-by-play guy or girl, or a, um, uh, um, <clears throat> excuse me, ring announcer. It doesn't matter. You know it's dress-up day. <laughs> I mean, you're dressed to the nines. It's tuxedo dress-up day. Um, that's, you know that. So when I saw Pat with the shorts, I'm like, whoa. I get, you know, the world's moving fast, and he's from a younger generation than me. Um, but and I love shorts. Trust me, I wear shorts every day. I, and I would be lying if I said I never wore shorts while I was commentating a live match because I have. That's a fact. Hello, TNA. Yes. Um, <laughs> we would do tapings, and I'd have a nice sports jacket on, and we'd sit at the desk, and yeah, homeboy had shorts on and flip flops. You damn right. That's right. Yeah, I did. Yeah, proud of proud to say it. WWE that didn't happen. Um. So anyway, <laughs> um. So uh, okay, course we but real quick on that we we you didn't have to walk out in front of people. I could come out where the announce desk was at uh, Universal Studios in Orlando, where we used to do the tapings there. I could come out right from the back and sit at the desk. Didn't have an entrance. No one would really see you, so you could sit there and wear flip flops and shorts. You know. So also you're in Orlando in the summer and it's about seven seven thousand degrees. So that didn't help matters. Okay, so back to the story here. So the deal is right. Okay, so. They have some kind of a riff backstage, have some kind of an issue, whatever, a little argument, a blow up, and over the shorts, and um, and then that was it. Now, I'm surprised, and again, if if unless I, I think I'm pretty sure Pat put it out on his podcast, I think that's what happened. He explained it on his podcast, and I don't, I didn't hear his podcast, so I don't know. Um, that part I would be surprised if that why you would do that, I don't know. And again, no diss on Pat, I know Pat. Like I said, I know the guy, so but I it's and I, but I know Cole. I know Cole much better than I know Pat. And I'm gonna get into Cole in a minute here. Um it's it's just this is a tough thing because it's the, the world we're in now where everyone just feels like, well, I have a platform, I have a social media account, I have a podcast or a YouTube channel or whatever I have. So I can go and just share everything that happens to me in my day or evening. And yeah, you're you're more on your rights to do that. I, I totally understand that. I'm not just talking about Patty. I'm talking about a lot of people. Um, but my thing is, I guess I'm just from a different world, from the business, and from a different generation. 
I, I look, I sat here and told you about my time backstage at NXT, and I just told you about like five minutes about some stuff, and I didn't give you a lot of detail because I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not telling you everybody I met. I'm not telling you any of the conversations I had, except for the one with Champer about our neck injuries and how he, he's doing and all this jet. I think that, and I felt weird saying that because I believe in the code. I believe in business. I believe in you know keeping things. You know, if you need to keep them on the down low or private, and it's some things are just meant for what happens within the company and behind the locker room door. You know, <clears throat> that's just how I came up in the business, and and I still believe in that. Um, you know, so I was surprised that that came out. You know, that Pat put it out on his pod, but you know, that's his business. Like I said, now here's the thing that that that's not what I really want to talk about. That that's none of my business at the end of the day, if you think about it. But the thing is, like, the overview here of this of okay, Michael Cole's got a really bad temper because he yelled at Pat. All right, first off, I, I wasn't there, so I'm I'm not gonna. I've I've never seen Cole yell at anybody. Okay. So I, I don't picture him yelling at someone I don't I'm not saying it didn't happen But I feel I know him really well And I know Cole can be a heel sometimes That I can promise you But you know what Cole could tell you that Taz can be a heel sometimes <laughs> So you know and guess what You listen to this You can be a heel sometimes People have that heel tendency That's just people um, Look it, It's It's if you get approached by someone that you work under and they have a problem with a job you did or what you're wearing at work or something like that, if you're in the, a business where it's visual and you're on television or whatever and you work under this person, you know, it's they're not happy about it. Okay, they're going to tell you, and that's just the way it goes. Now, now, if someone yells at you or there's a bunch of people around or you're getting embarrassed or something like that, okay, yeah, I understand. No one wants to be humiliated. I don't, I'm not condoning that. I agree with you. Like I said, I, I've never seen Michael Cole do that. I'll tell you what I have seen with Michael Cole for a long time. I watched Michael Cole come up as an announcer, not his first few years, but through the bulk of his success on SmackDown because I was sitting right next to him. Okay, and we traveled together. We stayed in the same hotels. We drove together. We flew on a lot of same flights on Vince's plane on the way back from wherever SmackDown was. We were heading back to New York, and then we would be with each other um, at the WWE studios uh, to the wee hours of the morning on Wednesday nights doing voiceovers. So I am very, and I've got my first introduction to the radio business for Michael Cole, and we've done a bunch of radio shows together, as you guys know, years ago. And we've done shows for Howard Stern. We've done shows in Texas. We've done shows, you know, for CBS Radio years ago. So, uh, look, I have a long history that I'm very happy about and proud of with Michael Cole. And I consider him a friend of mine. So maybe I do have a dog in the fight here. And, and I am sensitive towards Michael Cole because I believe in him. And I learned from him. You know, he helped me a lot. You know, he really did. He helped me a lot. And, and uh, he did. And uh, as to become an announcer the right way So, you know, I'm proud of that You know, and and I watched I watched how tough it was For lead announcers like himself You know, dealing with the boss at times I've watched it I've watched, you know, a Hall of Famer One of the best of all time And, and good old JR and Jim Ross I've watched how tough it was on him I watched how tough it's been It was on Joey Styles. I've watched it. I, I I remember stories. I've I was talking with Mike Tenay when I was in TNA at Mike Tenay, and he would tell me about when when he was in WCW, 
And sometimes with Eric Bischoff, it would get tough. Nobody complained. <laughs> like, this is my point. And it's, it's, there's a lot I want to say here. <clears throat> the wrestling business is a tough business. It's always been tough. And it's always going to stay tough. You could be corporate. You could have money behind you. You could have you could have uh, AEW money. You could have WWE money because both companies have a ton of money. It, it don't matter. At the end of the day, once the show's fixing to start, it's fucking go time. And when it's go time, tensions go up, stress levels high, anxiety's high. And people bug out sometimes That's the game That's the adrenaline That's the business And for those that can't hang And I'm not saying Pat can't hang Because he can, he's just used to an NFL locker room I'm not talking about Pat when it comes to that I'm really not But there are other people, like former announcers from WWE That now are coming out like ripping Michael Cole Like, well, when I worked there, he yelled at me He did, he did Well, you know what? There's a reason why you're not in the business anymore Because you just, you just can't take it I mean, for the most part, because if you if you can't deal with somebody that is not Vince getting on you, dude, I've had Vince get on me more than once. I've been in his crosshairs many times. So has Jerry Lawler. So has Jim Ross. So has Michael Cole. So has JBL. So has Mick Foley. Uh, we all have been in his crosshairs. And you got to have a thick skin. Vince doesn't mean it personally. It's go time. You're in the war. You're in the pit. It's it's happening. The show's on. And every show is handled while you're in the middle of that show like it's the last show. That's how it's done. It's no, oh, we'll do a better one next week. We'll do a better one tomorrow. We'll do another taping. Don't worry about it. That's not how it goes. It's do or die that moment, that day. Pressure. Pressure, stretch, stress, anxiety, tension. It's all there. All these adjectives. That in today's day and and age You know Don't gel with the way people want to talk People don't want to hear It's stressful at a corporate environment Oh that's bad No it's not No it's not Because I came up not even knowing the fucking word stress To me it was called passion I remember my years in ECW I remember (laughs) fuck. I remember like the knockdown dragouts, fights and arguments I've had with Paul Heyman. I've watched other wrestlers in ECW without naming names have knockdown dragouts, screaming fucking arguments with Paul right before a show or during a show. You wouldn't believe it. Trust me. I've watched Paul go nose to nose with fucking producers and directors in the truck. Okay, I, I've watched Vince. I've heard Vince, not watched. I've heard him. You know, get upset with the TV truck without naming names there and go nuts. I've heard it. And we all battle through, man. That's the biz. TNA, same thing. Tension. That's the biz, man. That's the biz. And again, this 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 was a segue for me to for in my brain because of the temper of Michael Cole. You know, like uh, and, and again, not about Pat. But it's more about, I can't remember, the, I don't even know the guy is There's another announcer, one of the other guys who was talking about um, uh, Talking about, uh, what do you call it, uh, talking about Michael Cole and stuff like that uh, Talking about Michael Cole and, and saying that oh, he was you know, tough to deal with and this, that, and the other thing um, 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 You know, so it was, uh, uh, to me, it, it just, um, 
it got me like irked a little bit. <laughs> so because I, 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 I'm looking at like what some of the stuff I, I got to get this person's name and I, I don't want to call the guy out. He doesn't work for WWE. No, I have nothing against the guy. I don't even know the guy. But I just, I, I, you know, he's verified on Twitter, and a lot of you guys will probably know him as wrestling fans more than I. Um, um, Alex Del Barrio, Barrio, and he, so I guess he worked there for a time, and and he was talking about how, uh, how he felt like, um, you know, uh, um, um, like management in WWE, how it's it's they have this. Um, they have this environment there that's not good. Everybody's walking around on eggshells, and and then and it it Cole's a, a victim of his own of the circumstances of what goes on there. It's not Cole's fault. He's a very hard worker, but you know it's like this is this is a lot higher than Cole type thing, you know. And this is created higher up. Um, hey, listen, I gotta tell you, uh, I I I don't, I can't. Um, I just someone that has that narrative or had that experience in WWE. Nothing he said there that he says on his line, Twitter line there is is shocking to me because it's the it's it's kind of the way the business is. It's just a tough business, and you have to be tough. I don't just mean I mean you have to be mentally tough. Those great play by play men that I named in in that in no particular order, they're all mentally tough guys. Okay, all those guys. Okay, and because the, you you had to just grind and deal with it. Producers, you know, agents, you know, they they get ripped all the time. I mean, they get, that's a tough job because you're responsible for a match, and you're not, you know, you can't go in there and do the match for these guys if they're doing a spot the wrong way or something's not working, and it's pissing off the TV truck or pissing off the the boss. You know, it's a tough spot. It's a tough spot, and it makes you pissed off. I've seen agents get pissed at wrestlers. I've been yelled at by by older wrestlers that were agents of mine. And at, every time I that someone got pissed at me, I, I deserve for them to get pissed at me. I mean, I, I I didn't, you know, well, there was no social media to run to and and, and complain. You sucked it up. I maybe maybe I'm having a get off my lawn a lawn moment. I don't know. And if I am, fuck it. I don't care. I'm just telling you, like, <clears throat> um, it's it's uh, for someone to um, for someone to if you really don't have a lot of skin in the game, and you were there for a cup of coffee, for argument's sake. And when I mean a cup of coffee, I mean for a year, year and a half, two. That's a cup of coffee, okay? Even two years is a cup of coffee. If you're in a company that short of time. You have no skin in the game, in my opinion. That doesn't mean you can't share your experiences. That doesn't mean you're wrong. But I got to tell you, you know, over time, you realize where some of that tension comes from. And like I said, it's passion. And I don't, I have no fucking reason to sit here and put over WWE. Every, not every one of you, a lot of you people thought that I deserved to be put in the WWE Hall of Fame. It was in my hometown of Brooklyn. They didn't do it. All right, whatever. Fuck it. No big deal. So I, I could be bitter about that. I'm not. I'm not sitting here burying WWE. I, what, what do I have to get? I'm sitting there at NXT TakeOver. Do they put me on camera? Do they go out and say, hey, it's Taz. Look at Taz. Oh, wow. It's great to see Taz. Oh, man. Yeah. No, nothing. Mostly didn't even know I was there. And that's cool. No problem. I got no skin. I don't give a fuck. I mean, I don't, I don't care if WWE likes me or hates me. It doesn't matter. I'm just trying to give you the best content and my opinion. So what I'm saying is 
um, I just don't feel that some of these, just by hearing some stuff and either other and other former WWE announcers that left, not all of them, and I don't want to get too many names here. It's just different. That part is different. Where you know they're expecting. I don't know if it's entitlement. I don't know if it's just a different generation. I'm just telling you, man. I, I guess my main fucking point is. As far as Michael Cole, I'll defend that motherfucker all day, okay? Because that guy busts his ass every single time, okay? And the guy Del Barrio put him over. He said Cole busts. You're damn right he does. He damn right he busts his ass. And if he's getting upset at an announcer, it's because he cares. Michael Cole is fixing to go out and call fucking WrestleMania ringside as the lead voice of the company. That's a little pressure. And he's going to talk to Pat. About his shorts I mean That he has to do that is Like crazy to me Now I don't know how It worked I wasn't there Now if I was Pat I would have said I would have early a lot early in the day I would have grabbed those shorts Or actually I would have probably Done it a week Prior or text Cole a couple Days before and say hey listen I'm thinking of and take a picture of the shorts, text it to him. I'm thinking of wearing these things with a tuxedo jacket. Is it cool or not? That's what I would have done. And I'm saying it because I've done this. I've done this with, a, with like a leather jacket once. Okay, for a WrestleMania, I wanted to wear a leather jacket. I text, not text, I'm sorry. I called. There was no text. I called uh, Kevin Dunn. Um, and I said, hey, I'm thinking of wearing this WrestleMania in a couple of weeks, like a black. Leather jacket, you know, Taz thing, you know. He thought about it for a minute or two. He said, ah, don't do it. You got to wear tux, you know. And that was it. That was it. So my my point, but I I had a lot of years in the business, so I understood that Pat Pat's still new in the game. He's very new in the game, so Pat probably didn't realize that. You know what I mean? That that's all. I mean, it's it's uh. And you know that's why WWE's got to be careful who they bring in there. You got to get guys that guys and girls that are learning the business the right way. I just feel like it, none of this would have even happened probably if he would have just said to Cole prior to it. Maybe you bring a pair of pants with you, and then you have these shorts with you because Pat's a good guy. I, I I could say that about Pat because had him on my show like I said, and just hanging out with him a little bit at NXT Takeover. He's a fucking good dude, man. So, you know, really, I'm just surprised he did said that on the podcast, but whatever. Um, that's what I would have done if I was Pat. And that's what I think Pat should have done. Now, now, like I said, I wasn't there. If Cole stood there and started yelling at Pat, you know, um, I, that would really surprise me. Now, I could see Cole doing that, like, joking around. Like, what are you fucking doing wearing shorts? You can't do that. Get that shit off. You can't wear shorts around the boys. I could see that because that's Cole's sense of humor. Even though he's in a high position, he still has a sense of humor. He's on a personality. He's a character. <laughs> so he's, you know, he's still Michael Cole. And I could see him doing that. I'm not saying he did that. But I don't know what happened uh, as far as the details of it. I, 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 I would not even ask Cole about this. This is just my... Uh, me hearing about it, seeing it, I was tempted to ask him, but you know, and, and call him. But I'm I, no, I'm not going to put him in that position. I don't want to put myself in that position. So for me, I'm just giving you my breakdown of it, um, of how I feel about it. I'm just saying that you know, it's 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 obviously a different world now, and uh, in WWE, um, where 
if, if, if you're going to really, you know, WrestleMania, like if you're an announcer and you're not wearing a tux, it could come off or you're wearing like if you're wearing shorts, it can come off disrespectful to the show and disrespectful from the ta- to the talent. That's not just my perspective. Many that have been in WWE a long time would agree with what I just told you. I'm not saying Pat did that on purpose. I'm not saying he meant to be disrespectful. I'm not even implying that. What I'm saying is that can come off that way, and maybe maybe Pat learned that now. It's just very different than the NFL. Pat is a legitimate elite athlete and, and success in the NFL. This is it's there's similarities, but it's a different business. You gotta dress up. It's WrestleMania. You got to respect the industry and and the company and the boys. It's just that's it. And even though Pat didn't mean it like that, but that can come off that way. So that's probably why Cole got upset. That's probably the reason why. So um, you know, and 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 when Vince got involved, you know, Vince probably thought about it, and that was that. I mean, I I, I you know. Cole's in a tough spot, you know. He's 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 not the end all be all top top boss there, but you know, in a manager role, uh, you know, and he has to deal with the talent, the announced talent, you know, and everybody, these announced talents, so, you know, you all have a personality, and and you get a guy like Pat who's who's got to show who he is. He's got this flamboyancy to him, and he he's an outlandish character, and he's very entertaining, very funny, you know. I, so, but to me, that it all happened like right before Mania, like. Just a few minutes is crazy. <laughs> um, uh, so I don't know. Um, look, I think this will in a week. This will be in the WWE. This will be water under the bridge, and hopefully, Pat has a long career there and all that stuff. I'm just letting you know. Anybody who's sitting bashing Cole, you, you probably don't know him. And these other announcers that maybe have left and are saying stuff. Look, I, I like I said, I never witnessed that out of Cole. So um, I, I'd be shocked He's always been known as It's just the most respectful guy Towards the talent um, I've witnessed Cole Not just with wrestlers His respect level But with the writers You know And A lot of times you'll get wrestlers That'll rip and disrespect writers and shit Because they're mad at them most of the times You know Because you know It's just You know They're not writing what they want Or not getting them over And the, they, the writers are the heaters They catch the heat So and I've watched Cole not act like a douche towards writers and always be cool with the writers. Um, I don't know. It's just so I don't know. I just I'm just telling you, it's a stressful. It's it's a it, it's it's the company's got a lot of stress on them, especially before on the show, not on my Cole. The company has a lot of stress as a whole during the show because there's a lot of money at stake. Vince McMahon. Judges you for your current performance That's and you know that It's not about how good you were last week It's not about how good you were last year It's not how good you're going to be next week It's how good you're going to be right Fucking now And you feel that pressure In that company And for any ex-announcer or whoever Say that About any wrestling company Then you just don't know the business That's the fucking business Not just WWE AEW is going to be successful. They're going to be. And they're going to have tension in their locker room, right? In their backstage area, right before they go live on all these shows or tapings or whatever. It's going to happen. 
because all the people that are running the show there, they know the business. <laughs> From the Bucks to Cody, you know, to Omega, these guys know the business. Jim Ross, these guys understand that. That doesn't mean people are gonna run around disrespecting each other. Um, I was I just said I was at takeoff. I didn't see anybody get disrespected. I didn't see I saw without naming names somebody mess up a spot, botch a spot in the match. And and when they came back to the curtain, I saw an agent. A uh, producer go up and just talk to the person Say do some blah 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 make sure blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And that was it Nobody got disrespected So again I, I have no dog in the fight In regards to defending WWE I can tell you nothing <laughs> So I, fucking nothing So it don't, it don't matter um, So that's it But um, anyway that's the deal I'll tell you what matters though is <coughs> Excuse me <coughs> Oh jeez <laughs> Give me a second, I'm a little dry Need a little water Hang on a minute Oh, cold H2O Jones Oof. Oh, man It's cold, man Cold Alright, anyways that's the deal. All right, Taz Show. I'm uh, going to go to break real quick. Come right back from break. I'll talk a little bit more and then we'll end this. Uh, I have something else I want to talk about. What a really cool documentary I saw. All right, right back. We're back. All right, so here's the the skinny. Thought to break did a little research on this, on what Pat uh, Pat said. Oh wow, bang the mic there on his uh, podcast in regards to what happened with the the whole thing with the shorts at WrestleMania, Michael Cole, and he said like this because I was told specifically no shorts. Um, so I said, you know what, I'm not going to wear shorts. Uh, not at WrestleMania. WrestleMania deserves a little more. So we took tuxedo pants, and what did we do? Made them tuxedo shorts. Eesh, okay, got it. The show was supposed to go live at five o'clock. We had like five rehearsals scheduled. None of them happened until four forty uh, until four fifteen. Forty five minutes before then. Excuse me. Forty five minutes before then, I had. I had been sitting in Gorilla uh, for two to three hours at this point, just waiting for rehearsal to happen, less than 10 feet away from Vince McMahon the entire time, didn't say a single word, he looked busy. The first off, let me, let me interrupt myself here. So uh, as far as that, a lot, just so you guys know that, you know, most of you have never been backstage at a big show, a little show, right? What happens is a lot of times the guys or girls, they wear shorts. You wear flip-flop shorts or sneakers. You're just kind of chilling, relaxing. So in defense to Vince, he might have saw the shorts and just thought that's his guy's just hanging out right now in these shorts. But then again, if they're tuxedo shorts, you probably could see that satin black stripe down the side. I don't know. I can't speak for Vince in regards to that. But So he uh, Pat continues on with... Um, um, he said Vince looked busy So I didn't say anything I was just sitting there We finally do the rehearsal I come back in for the rehearsal And it's Michael Cole on his phone Panicking with the entire McMahon family In Gorilla I believe there's a couple of superstars in there Celebrities are in there And I just started getting yelled at By Michael Cole in front of these people uh, You know whenever you're 
you know, uh, whenever you're a child and you're at the grocery store and you knock over everything and your mom yells at you in front of everybody. Uh, that happened to me just a couple of days ago by Michael Cole for wearing shorts. He said, I told you no shorts. I said, you told me, no, I don't know what this jorts, jorts, J-O-R-T-S. This is a typo I'm reading. He said, uh, you look unprofessional. You look sloppy. He was yelling at me in front of these people. Uh, that I've looked up to for a long time So I looked at Michael Cole and I said They're tuxedo shorts man And he said uh, I can't you look terrible He was uh, he was like yelling Really yelling I, I thought it was a rib or a gimmick uh, You could tell it was actual panic uh, So I'd be wearing these These out for 10 hours at this point uh, Yeah I'm not going to keep reading this So look I mean still I mean, So okay what I said earlier about Maybe he just showed up wearing the shorts Well, he was told no shorts Wow So then for Pat to take the tuxedo pants and make him shorts Okay, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm surprised Again, I don't know the guy that well But whatever, I mean So, like I said, it, it's all going to be water under the bridge Probably by the time you listen to this, it's water under the bridge So um, That's the deal Different topic here real quick I, I, I got an opportunity uh, You guys know that uh, Vice has been putting out These Um Different pro wrestling They're kind of like sad Documentaries um, That and Vice does great stuff um, Like dark side of pro wrestling Type thing they're doing Production's unbelievable Production's uh, You know and of course you're not surprised to hear that The production's just phenomenal um, I, I, I gotta tell you though I, I watched the Bruiser Brody one It was not great It was amazingly great but it was very sad I mean it was very sad And I don't want to spoil much of a few But I remember when this happened I was I was in the business I was green Coming up in the business And they had amazing You know amazing co- content From Tony Atlas And from Abdul the Butcher And Dutch Mantel And this deal here That were all there And obviously for those that know your history You know Abdul the Butcher And Bruce Brody Had the most violent feuds For years and years All over the world uh, tons of blood dropped by those two guys Just major heat and Just great stuff And Tony Atlas is a veteran that helped me a lot Many years ago uh, When we worked for a small company out of Pawsippity, New Jersey Called IWCCW By the Savoldis And um, and Tony was like a top guy there Because he was a veteran He was a WWF guy And Tony was just the most awesome guy Helping all the younger wrestlers And I always remember Tony like that And always respect Tony for that um, and Tony, I, I didn't realize, you know, this whole thing, this unfortunate, you know, situation that happened, this murder that happened to, to the late great Bruiser Brody, uh, that how close to this whole thing in Puerto Rico while it happened was Tony Atlas. Again, I don't want to spoil too much of it, but it was, um, you should watch it guys. I mean, you should watch it on, uh, on vice. It was, it was tremendous. I know they have a Randy Savage one out now with Elizabeth. I have not watched that yet. I want to. Um, I, I'm I'm kind of. I think I'm going to be hooked on this dark side of the ring. That's what they're calling it, and it's Viceland. You know, it's it's done great. I I just wish some. It was. It's all. It's called the dark side of the ring. I just wish it was more upbeat, but it's not. But man, I'm telling you, just just watch it. <laughs> um, pretty heavy. Pretty heavy I mean again I have not watched the Randy Savage uh, one just yet But they have um, 
like I said, they have uh, they have several coming out. It's it's done really well. Mick Foley was actually um, was the narrator on it. I, I assume Mick is doing all the narrating on it. You know what I mean uh, on these things. Uh, but it's um, it's definitely uh, it's definitely worth checking out. I mean, I watch it on uh, Apple TV. That's how I get the Vice gimmick. I know they have an app too. You can grab the stuff on an app. So one I watched was called The Killing of Bruiser Brody. And the uh, the one I have not watched yet, I'm Randy Savage. Excuse me, is called um, uh, the Match Made in Heaven. You know, Christopher Elizabeth and Randy Savage, obviously both no longer with us. So, um, really, really, uh, that Brody one was wow, just wow. I mean, really, just wow, it's just great. So, I strongly suggest you guys checking it out um, for a wrestling fan, and it's. Um, you know, I, I just hope they come out with I just hope they come out with like maybe another series that's more upbeat. Not to be like corny or nothing here. It just it just makes it, these things are done so well. It's gonna make the business just feel miserable and dark and that there's there's just all this negativity and horror and drugs and uh deaths and, and it's that's not the wrestling business. I'm sorry. I know that's unfortunately been part of it, but you could say the same thing about the NFL. I mean, you could about about so many other mainstream sports. I mean, so it's, I so I maybe uh, you know, I'm a little sensitive to it, obviously, but I you know I, I don't I don't I just hope they come out with like the flip side of it. You know, where they they're going to come out with something that's you know what I mean more positive. You know, that's what I'm hoping. You know, <laughs> I, I got a feeling they're not going to. I think this is going to be a big success. I know they have one of the Montreal screw job, uh, Montreal screw job. So that one's coming out. Um, I think the week of uh, April seventeenth, I believe. Then in May they have uh, one on the Von Erichs. Uh They have one on uh, the death, the mysterious death of uh, Gino Hernandez, who's a great worker. Uh, Gino Hernandez, and they have one of the fabulous Mula also. So I don't think I'm missing any, but so there you have it. So um, anyway, yeah, check it out. I just figured I'd, I'd mention it to you guys and. That's the deal. All right, Haas. Well, look, great uh, spending a little time with you jobbers, and uh, I hope you guys had fun. All right, I'm Taz. You're not. Make sure you subscribe. Don't be an asshole. Go buy a shirt at Pro Wrestling Tees, too. You know, really, I got bills. But fuck, I'm not made of money here. You people think I'm rich. You know, I'm doing all right. I'm, not, I'm not rich. I'm buy a fucking T-shirt. You know. Pro Wrestling Tees. All right. Talk to you. Thanks.